Hustle gang, hustle line. Chris Grant showing how to get down. Hustle gang, hustle lines. Chris Grant showing how to get down. Tune in the cash, it's the new function. Who for your thought? What am I if you call me? Feed your mind, much is for money. Money on money on money on money. Subscribe, turn to the cash. Money on my mind, grow a bag. Flip that word, with the big. Big ground hustle gang, Chris. Financial gains for the low. Bringing new guests to the show. Drop bar 30 below. New merch, check out the clothes. Big bag, money class. This ain't the regular day. Go they catching plays in real estate. CDL, stock and trade. Tune into the two. Apple, Spotify. Anchor, catch this way. Them boy like Nipsey, Weezy, Jay-Jeezy. Hustle, motivate. Liberate, spark change. We that culture shock. New wealth on me. Assets growing through that knowledge. Financial literacy. Trajectory. We ain't stopping. Steady climbing. Grinding. Tell our people on, we get our hustle on huh. So the very first thing I tell anybody starting off Team up Team up If I didn't have my mentors to help me I wouldn't have grown as fast If I was trying to do this by myself I, wouldn't, I do it by myself now, but when I first started, it was four of us. What's up, world? We back. Once again, it's the Hustle Lounge Podcast. I am Ronald J. Graham II, NBA. We got my dog, Colin. What's up, CEO? What's up, bro, man? We here, man. You ready know Big Chill. We here, another one. What's good? Chris Cream. What's good, baby? How you doing today, brother? Slow motion. You look stressed. Look stressed out a little bit. What you do today, man? Tell me about your job today, man. What will you do? Well, we don't want to hear about it, man. (laughs) I'm here for that today, bro. As you can see, uh, we have a special guest, and we like to have a good time, but we we know time is money. She is the money professional. Mm. And I had to alter my name, Graham Hustle, (laughs) because... I want to explain that it's not a competition, but when we meet a sister with her credentials, her knowledge and what she brings to the game and everything she knows and the way she spills it out, she has a very straightforward approach. She's not going to sugarcoat it. If you're broke, she's going to tell you. If you're trying to play the tax man, she's going to tell you, you're going to go broke playing with the tax man. She also going to help you book a trip. She also going to bring host on the green scene that let you hear other things, which is coming back in full force. So when I see her, and, and she put CPA there, she, I ain't even going to go through her whole spill of her degrees and surnames and extra names, but she made me step my game up. So it is not a competition thing. I didn't change it because I'm hating on her. I changed it because she made me come to the table. I normally put my collar shirt on. <laughs> Please welcome y'all. The money professional on IG, Raven, Simone Simon, my sister. Florence, South Carolina, Wilson High School. What's up, family? Yes. Hey, everybody. Super happy to be here. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Tyler. So super happy to be here with y'all and chop it up. I watch y'all podcast all the time. Y'all crazy. Y'all have me laughing in my office all the time. Uh, much love. Love. <laughs> one love. Yeah, man. <laughs> he went to Jamaica one time. Right, one time he split. He split. He's over. 
Hey, I walk around every day one line. You know but nah, man, definitely glad to have you. Um, you know, and, and just me and Raven went to school together. You know how that go. But I didn't know, um, you know, when we talk about money, money, the, the money we talk about, the real money, not the designer money, not the car money. We talking about real wealth. And when I was on the net one day, right, I'm scrolling. Raven, I remember her from school, and I seen you had the book. It was no question. Pini, order that joint, right? Just I, I'm order regardless. That's how I do. You already know that. But it is something that I like talking about, and I didn't know that other people were still interested in it. That was in our age group, okay. uh, which might be part of the issue. But what y'all got, man? Y'all asked the question. You know, man, I hold up, man. Let her I don't, you, I don't... herself, bro. You all here talking, man? Let her introduce herself. Let her know what she doing, everything, man. Damn, yeah, that's what I, that's what I was. That's what I just Yo. said, bro. I, I gave her a hustle lounge introduction. A nice, it was fire too. Welcome. It was fire. Right, so I'm saying, can I? Can, you don't think she? All right. Hey, Raven, you, you got it. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> that's what we have. We want all the smoke. Listen, I, I, I think I'm gonna be laughing. Y'all gonna have me dying this whole interview. But um, like they said, my name is Raven Simone Simon. I am the money professional on IG everywhere. I just got my trademark. So it is trademark now. After two mm. years of fighting for my name to get trademarked, it is finally trademarked. So it is mine. So it's, y'all gonna see it everywhere because it's mine. I paid for it, right? <laughs> but um, I am a two, I run it two ways. So I'm a CPA, which is a certified public accountant. And I run an accounting firm, which is Simon Accounting Services, also known as FAS. So we do all the things like due diligence for mergers and acquisitions. We do tax planning for the um, the super elite wealthy or anybody that's just trying to get to their bag, lower their um, tax bill. And then we do all the other stuff like income tax prep, payroll, all of that. Um, and then on the other side, which is the part of the money professional, I run a financial therapist um, practice and it is called Lacuna. And Lacuna means to break because what we're doing in Lacuna is helping you break poverty and debt cycles. So that is where we get into financial therapy and financial coaching. Mm. You just think about so, right there. Yeah. So with that, you know what? I ain't even going off the paper. I can have. Can I have the first question, team? Go ahead, man. We don't have the first question. I got a lot of questions, but I'm gonna start with the first one: financial therapy, financial coaching, the financial therapist, because we know that that is the leading cause for depression, suicide, divorce, everybody hating their life while they on earth. The financial therapist portion, can you indulge in that? Was that a certification? Is it like, what do you do to get considered a financial therapist? And then, yeah, there we go. So it is a certification that you have to get. Believe it or not, financial therapy or the financial therapist practice is not really that old. Um, I think they really started in 2010. I'm sorry, 2001. 2001 was when the first financial therapist um, came about. So now they have this whole association and the certifications that you can get to become a financial therapist and they have levels to it. So what kind of gateway needs to do in it is being a CPA, right? Because financial therapy, let's start there. It kind of intersects um, financial competencies with therapeutic practices. So it kind of helps you figure out how you think, feel, react to money. Um, and then it couples it with, you know, all the things you do with the financial coaching, your budgeting, your savings and all of that. But it gets down to your mind and the emotions around money. So I'm also am a accredited financial counselor. So that was the segue into become financial therapist. So to get certification, I just had to 
I basically took an exam and passed that because I already had all the educational and the professional um, experience behind it. So I just had to take the exam and pass it. And I passed that in March of this year. Mm. So that exam, was it hard? Did, it just, did you study for it? Was it just your experience of already being in the money game just kind of threw you right in the joint? And I'm asking for me because I'm going to, when we get off this, I'm, I need to look it up. Yeah. Well, we just talked about distractions, right? Before we jumped on, I needed less distractions, <laughs> more interactions with stuff that matter. Yeah. And, so the part that was a little, I did have to study. And the part that I had to study more was the psychology part. So the psychotherapy part and learning all the different ways, because with the financial, as a financial therapist, you can do individuals, families, and couples. So that's pretty mm. much what the test covers, individuals, families, and couples, and kind of just like um, what are the psychotherapy practices around it, standards, like how you can do insurance, private pay, the HIPAA laws, all that kind of stuff. So that was the kind of stuff I kind of had to brush up on because all of my education is in business and like financials from the business part. So all of that, I didn't have to study. That was pretty easy of like, you know, how to create a savings plan, how to create a retirement plan, the part that was a little bit more I had to put time in was the psychotherapy part. So now I tell people, they like, Raven, stop therapizing me because you literally become a therapist. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, I, I don't know if my therapy would be what they teach, but I'm going to find out. Um, my therapy that I teach is very direct and it could be sometimes not therapeutic. It could be, and not on purpose, maybe belittling or maybe just too aggressive. But I think when we look at the statistics, 78% of America live check to check, seven out of 10 marriages fail because of money. In my own personal relationship, the only problems that we ever had was when we were broke. Well, we didn't fall apart, but we went from not rich, but we went from hood rich to broke. And it was a, a you know, it makes you, that's, that's the cause. So when right. I do help people with money, it's not a, hey man, you know, you only know, hey bro, what the hell, you know what I mean? So maybe I might need to take those courses so I can lighten up because I think I still have the ability to relay that information. Sometimes the the uh, approach might not be right, and I'm a, I'm aware of that, self aware of that for gotcha. sure. Yeah, so they definitely teach you about the approach and how to speak to people because you never tell somebody what to do. So it's not financial coaching. So I'm not telling you, oh, you should do this, you should budget. It's more so making you talk to me about how you feel about money and why you can't budget. Why do you feel like you shouldn't budget? So it is more so you know, tell someone you suggest it. Like, well, have you thought about this? Or maybe it's this. You don't go, you need to do that. So it's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they teach us that in the sales schools. Some of the sales schools I went to, um, when we teach about selling, like in recruiting phase, we never say you should or you shouldn't. We recommend. Right, right. It's the same. Yeah. Same process. Yeah. So everything yeah, you do, it. you based on what they tell you when they come speak to you. So basically how they portray their life or whatever they tell you, that's when you make suggestions to how to help then without actually telling them, you just like, hey, I suggest you do this based on what you told me. Right, or I just keep asking questions. That's what um, I do with like the power of a better question. Like you will tell me something and I'll ask you a question around that. Then it's another question and it's another question. And then after a while, once a person gets comfortable, they just start telling you anyway without right, you right. having to ask. Um, but that's the, the difference between that. I think that was a, um, with growing my practice, I had to make sure people understand you're not going to live here, leave a therapeutic um, session with a savings plan. You're not going to leave with a budget. It's like it's no deliverables. It's literally a conversation to help you go execute those deliverables that we give when we financial coaching. So, so, I so have you feel question. like a lot of them come expecting to leave with some type of plan or go in mind once they come see you? 
You feel like they, they, they do. Yeah, they expect that because I think it's just an education thing. So I kind of like our first session is normally me explaining all that to them and then for them to deciding if they want to start on a plan with that or whatever. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Um, so essentially, do you think that uh, for anybody who wants to change their financial situation, do you think therapy is should be the first step? Like, cause I know no, I, no, nobody, no financial professionals on the internet or, you know, any books you read is saying, Hey, number one, you need to see a financial therapist before we try to, you know, implement this new lifestyle into you. So like, should this be a part of the teachings now? Thera- financial therapy session first, then right. go with your budget and you go see where you messing up at. So it depends for different folks is different reasons. So the people who are executors, they probably don't need financial therapy is because financial therapy are for those people who are stuck to where we give them a plan and they still can't even follow it. Those are the people that it may be something different, um, different than I don't know. Right. Because with financial um, coaching, it comes a lot with like financial literacy. I don't know I'm supposed to put this so much aside for retirement. Those people are probably okay and won't need therapy. It's the people that you have a plan and you're still not following the plan. So why are you not following the plan? Why why are you stuck? Yeah, it's definitely, you dig a lot deeper. Like it got into a session with a girl, a lady, she cuts the edges of um, the bread off of a sandwich. And she was saying she never knew why she did it. She just always did it. And then she got down to the point that she saw her grandma do it one time. And she always did it, not knowing that her grandma did it because her toaster wasn't deep enough to take the whole piece of bread. So she was like throwing away bread pieces for years, thinking that was just what she was supposed to do. But it was literally because she saw somebody do it. And that's how we kind of always went. We do things because we saw our parents do it, not knowing that it's wrong or it's not the best, you know, foot forward. Okay. So um, how, how so did, I know I, obviously the CPA came first. Um, so was it an experience with money and you fell in love with it or how did that career start? I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally broke. Like becoming a CPA and right out of college, like I got really good jobs. I had really good salaries. Like when I hear other people say I started at this, I was like, well, I was 20 or 30 above that from like my first job. Um, and then I was always broke. Yeah, my first job. Well, my first job as an accountant because I got a CPA like two or three years into my accounting career, but I was always on the track to be a CPA. So I guess I was still paid as a CPA or someone who was earning their CPA because it's four tests. It takes a while to get a CPA, but um, it's what we call CPA candidacy. So I always went in knowing that I was a CPA candidate, meaning I was taking the test to become one. So a lot of times I would just get the salary because they didn't want to up me so much once I passed, you know, and then also coming from like the college I came from, the internships I've had, like I've been abroad in college. So I just started like where I can have like a really good salary and then God bless me just to get a really good salary. But before I knew it, I was like 220K in debt like outside of student loans, this is credit card debt, vehicle debt, like just store debt. Because you know, when you get out of college, everybody's throwing you a credit card. Like you get a card, you get a card. I literally have 14 credit cards. Mm. Like, and I still have all 14 of those credit cards because I don't want to close them out or whatever, but I do manage them better. So it, uh, what happened to me was when I was 220K in debt, and then when I had to, um, I made a budget 
And then I figured out I had to downsize um, my living expenses or whatever. So I went to go get another apartment. Lo and behold, I could not even get approved to get in an apartment. So that was kind of like my wake up call. And I had to get, a, um, well, my employee, one of my um, coworkers heard about it, like was just hearing me on the phone with people. And they literally offered to get me an apartment below them. It was crazy. Everybody who comes to Cincinnati, I drive them to this neighborhood and show them where I live. And they're like, no way you live there. But I lived there for 18 months to get out of there. So that's kind of how it started. And then I kind of just start talking about it on Instagram and stuff. And people started asking me, but can you show me? Can you show me? And then that's kind of how that career started. Okay. So, so I got one question. I mean, man, when, when I seen Chris, because Chris is our knowledge guy. I am a facts-based, and then Chris go make sure I ain't say something that ain't real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I seen him put 220K in debt, and I'm like, mind you, you know, first off, I'm an avid reader, the Good Money oh, Book. Yes, yeah. I'm first, baby. And I, I mail this to you so you can sign it for me, please? I appreciate it. Sure. I've read it two times over. Because <laughs> when I was reading your book, I was going through my own getting out of debt. And I'm like, I know her. And she, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you know somebody, you be like, this ain't too far fed. If she could yes. do it, I could do it. Like, I know her. I know her, know her. 220K in debt. Not student loans. Hey, listen, listen. I, she walked right into my question. I ain't even had to ask her. But I want to know. I understand 14 credit cards rate. 220,000. <laughs> what, what was you doing? No, no, not even that. What year was your, what, what, what model Bentley did you buy? It wasn't even a Bentley. This is the bad part. So I literally had a Kia Optima. No, not for yes. 220. No, that wasn't all of it. It was the other stuff. My car was only like $30,000 because I bought it the first year I graduated. Um, and I don't think it was a full $30,000. So it was a little bit up there. But I had this ridiculously high interest rate, and it wasn't because I didn't have um, I didn't have good credit. I had no credit. Like out of college, what credit do you have? So, and then it was my first job, so I was extremely high risk. So they hit me with this huge credit um, credit rating. But then my dad decided to co-sign, so it dropped it a little bit. And lo and behold, I'm an army brat. My dad got deployed. So when my dad got deployed, all of his loans had to drop to like a 5% or 3% or whatever it was at that time. That's so that's agent. how I started throwing everything at it while my interest rate was so low. Thank God my daddy co-signed. Um, so, but it was my car and it was all of those credit cards. And then it's just like, I also had what you call store credit, right? Like y'all would have thought I was out here like running a business. I've always had a business, but I had credit with stores like I was a stylist or something. So I could go into Saks and buy stuff on credit. Like it wasn't a credit card. It was like store credit with them. Yeah, you, so, was, a, you was a boss. You was like <laughs> how we need to be, how we go in the bank and they don't check our name. We go into the bank. Like so Saks, Newman, Marcus, all of them. And I was living in Charlotte at the time. So like the Louis, all of that. And then I traveled like crazy. So then I would have crazy travel. That's why I had many credit cards. I kept getting travel credit cards mm. and doing that transfer of the balance and pay no interest stuff. I was killing it. So I was always on somebody's flight, on somebody's plane, doing all of that. But in my mind, I was telling myself, oh, I can afford it. I'm going to swipe it so I can get the point, and then I'm going to go pay it back off. And then when it came time to pay it back off, something else came up. So I was like, I'm going to pay that off later. It's fine. I got like more credit left. 
So it's like, while I'm on vacation, everything's on a credit card. Like when I'm shopping for vacation, everything's on a credit card. And then I had this little Yorkie and my Yorkie was the stylish, most baddest Yorkie in the game. Like nobody else Yorkie was going to touch me. His name was Bentley. <laughs> nobody <laughs> else was going to touch Bentley. <laughs> so I was buying stuff for Bentley, you know, buying stuff for your friends. I would say my friends rent, like they in the buying. I'm like, I got you, sis. You ain't got to no worry about it. You know, so it was all of that stuff too. So it was, it got, it came quick. And how, really. how long it took, how long it took you to get to this 220? To get 18 months. I did it off in like 18 months. A little less than 18 months. So what took the longer part was the car, paying the car. No, no, no. So I got out of debt. He's, oh, to get to 220? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, we are, y'all, y'all listening now. She said 18 months to pay it off. And we ain't even got to go in detail on how much discipline and effort and tenacity that I took to do that for 220K. Because I was proud of me. And I paid off like 60 or 70 over four years. And she did it in 18 months. But go ahead. How but long did it, it took, take you to run up to 20? Two years. I graduated in, from college in 2013. I realized this in 2015. So about two years, two and a half years. Because it was like September of 2015. You still got the year? It wasn't. No, my Yorkie actually passed away last year. All right, yeah. All dogs yeah. go to heaven. He's in heaven. What's up, Bentley? What's, What's up, Bentley? <laughs> so, 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 I just really wanted the listeners if we could just take a little quick tidbit of how we always preach the same things, and normally this is why I I love Raven. This is why I feel that. Like, I mean, I don't up my own horn, but I feel like I'm valuable in a sense because we are the normal person. I ran on my credit cards in clubs and travel. I didn't travel as much as you, Legis, but you know, but I was in Vegas. <laughs> Bottle service, who? <laughs> Listen, come on. You know what I mean? I, was in, I stayed in Europe. I love Europe. And I, I think that I think the best thing that happened to me was that when I ran up and I was in that phase, I didn't live in a location like like if I lived in Delaware, my where I was in New Mexico. I'd be broke. I go to New York. I'll be like, what? You crazy? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but for it, I think people, black people, the culture, they get so offensive when we say two things. And I just, I'm getting right back to you. I, do not, I promise this is your show. Uh, but two things that I just did, you, you, you wrinkle my, my joints, but uh, pause, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, get it, bro. <laughs> Bro, get him off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> two, 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 two things you know that you said, though. Because, and Raven, you can attest to this because you are a official financial counselor, financial therapist, so you deal with people on how they think about money, right? And when you said, yo, I was at Saxon Fifth. When you say Saxon Fifth and we drop that reel, well, man, we're about to pay somebody to drop these reels. When you say Saxon Fifth, that's going to resonate with the people that we're trying to resonate with because when you say Saxon Fifth, they're going to be like, oh, Saxon Fifth? Right. And you tell them that you was bossed up in that motherfucker. You walked in there and had store credit, no car, no cash. No Give car. me what I need. I'll be back. So that tells you the level that you were spending with them. And, and now when we at the level now, we're trying to coach people to say, hey, it's OK to have nice things. Long nice things don't have you. Right. right. But we did that. So we're not impressed when we see bro in the picnic table Burberry outfit. Because you we know did that shit 10 years what, ago. But you know what's going on. We did that. I'd be, I be wondering ago. what's going on, and I'd be like, mm. and, and, and 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 just real quick, I would drop probably something. I was talking to my partner the other day, and, and he's still kind of caught up. And we talked back and forth. And I was like, yo, I was out in Jamaica. I said, yo, to think about it, I know people. Some of the, I ain't post all the pictures yet, but I know some people are gonna say, I ain't got money, rich, whatever. But 
in theory, and you're a traveling person, Raven, 220K worth of travel. You're a traveler. No, I'm just saying, bro, Raven been places, bro. Rate 220K, bro, that's places. And you're and she wasn't playing around in America, bro. She was out the country no, with it, really that. balling. So she already earned it. might have been worth it. She earned that 220. Well, the experiences, the experiences was definitely worth it. My 70 wasn't no trips. My 70 was Negro <laughs> shit. <laughs> but I say all that to say, right? I'm chopping it up with him. And I'm like, yo, if these cats really buy in designer, really Saxon Fifth, really Nordstrom, no, I don't even think Nordstrom's even in it. I don't even know anymore because I don't care. Like Neiman, Neiman Marcus. Yeah, Neiman. Yeah, yeah. And the official stores, right? <laughs> Shoes be 1800 now. 15 to 1800, 2000. If you buy the jeans with one, they don't need to make it for anybody with any kind of shape. They make them for Europeans. But anyway, right. um, they, 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 they cost them shirts. The t-shirt is 400. If you get a button down, that's 2000 or 1500. Anyway, if somebody really bought that shit and it's really authentic and it really came from that spot and they got the whole joint on looking like the picnic table, right? The Burberry picnic table off it because I use that one with the sneakers. That's full grand, right? I went to Jamaica really? for five days for two people, including flights and all-inclusive hotel for 3500 That's all we trying to tell niggas. Like, yo, it, it ain't the dollar is how you spend the dollar. And then right. the next step was I was out there like, I'm going to Jamaica. Y'all got to get these Gucci, these Gucci sandals for my feet, right? Come on, man. $750. i am only going to wear my toes out with my old $750 for a five-day trip, bro. It ain't that. Like, this you actually thought about that, bro? You consider doing huh? You was finna do it? He considered it. He considered it. He damn sure considered it, bro. He looked it up, man. Bro, he went yeah, to the shit and said 750. He said, I could afford this, but is it worth it? Look, you it'll tell you right now. This I don't cap, yo. This you can tell my latest view. What it say? Men's slide sandal, Gucci.com. Mm-hmm. That, that no cap. I still struggle with it, but I'm smarter now to know that why mm-hmm. do I need that? Because you know what? Yeah. When I paid them $15 water shoes. I they still they still in Jamaica because they, they was comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you don't even bring them back. They, they was comfortable and I abused them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna buy these joints. See, see what happened is niggas are buy them and now they can't even enjoy their trip because now they don't want to get sand on them. They don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to uh, go on the water with them. They, they ain't even trying to sweat in them. They, they just trying, trying to do the ATP, out, bro. Nothing. And then this is where we got to, this is where I know Raven, the financial therapist, the money professional. This is where I know Hustle, chill, big chill. This is where I know Hustle Gang, Chris, and me, Ronald J. Graham II. Um, no, don't do that. This, <laughs> grand Hustle, Grand Hustle, baby. Grand hustle, me, baby. Grand <laughs> but this is where I know that we are where the rubber meets the road as far as changing the community. Because I'm telling you, I showed y'all on my phone, somebody who tells you don't waste your money on that shit. I had a moment where I said, I'm about to buy these Gucci. I went. At, I looked at Louis. Louis wanted 2100 for the thong sandals. I couldn't mm. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but, now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I still buy that stuff. I just don't buy it on credit. If I can't go in there and swipe cash with money, my debit card. Yeah, I don't buy it. Can you hold on? Can you say that one more time, please? If I can't swipe with my debit card, I don't buy it. And then before that, you said. I, I still I buy this. Stuff. Oh, I still buy it. Yep, I still buy it. But then I do it like a reward, like a reward system. You know, if I close the contract, I'm like, okay, let me go buy something like or something like that. Or if I I go to the gym five days a week, like I should, I go do it or whatever. So it's not just like anytime I want to. Like I'm going to Costa Rica 
taking 15 boss women with me to Costa Rica next month in September. Boss women. It's a boss ladies retreat. So we're going there. I was in here looking when you was talking about the Gucci sandals. I was like, I need the Feliciano sandals. I want the lime green Hey, don't just inspire too. <laughs> <don't see them. laughs> I want the lime green ones. And I'm just seeing here. Like they, I think they like $395, $400. I'm thinking of how else I can use them. Right. I was like, I can use them in the gym for like shower shoes because they have like their rubber. So I was like, I can, I can use these for right. more. Yeah. Like I could put them because my gym bag, my gym bag is a Louis Vuitton duffel bag. So it's like, I bought that when I was in Hawaii for 2200 <laughs> But But that was after I went through a tax season and I made six figures. Yeah. So 2200 right. after a six-figure tax season, it was like a drop in the bucket. You know what I'm hold saying? Up, hold Nothing. up. After I made six figures. But it was so, Man. it was different. So yeah. I don't just buy all the time now. I buy for like special occasions. I thought I don't saved up something, you know. So. But and that's still, the thing. But yeah, but y'all listening, y'all gotta listen though. Like, listen, she she said she made six figures. She only spent two bands, bro. Y'all niggas, y'all niggas make six figures and, and spend six figures. Yeah, like get it all and be. <laughs> no, no, no. Y'all are being generous. See, that's why I need help and I need to go to her course. These <laughs> niggas out here making forty thousand a year and they spending seventy eight. Right, 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 yeah, and that's so what I do, did. <laughs> That's I what I did too. Like when I Shit. had 220k in debt, my salary I think was 60 to 65k. Like I had to work three years, <laughs> almost four, to even pay it off. And that's the thing so. is that you had the knowledge to pay it off, and you had the hustle to pay it off. You didn't sit in that soap. And because of what you've seen and what you was exposed to, that's the problem. People don't understand that either. Is that when you're exposed to certain things, like a nigga like me, I'm exposed to certain things, right? I'm not impressed with a regular club night anymore. So if I was to fall off again, I'm going to, like she said, Europe. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to Europe for a week. That's the kind of <laughs> bill I'm running up. I'm not, I'm not running up a $600 bill at the store. No, I'm running up a $4,000. That's why I don't ask anybody to borrow money because I don't never going to call you for a couple hundred. I have right. an expensive life. I need four, five thousand. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like when I lost my job and I went into full time entrepreneurship and I was like panicking because I was just starting my firm full time. And they was like, why are you panicking? You got friends around you. I said, yo, can't nobody pay my rent? Can't nobody pay my rent? Like, I could pay other people rent because they rent was $600 or something like that. But if I call somebody and I was like, can you pay my rent? And I tell them it's $2,100 a month. They're going to be like, where you live? Why do you live there? And I don't have time for that. I got to pay my rent. So it's Oof. like, it's, it's different. It's very, it's very different. It's very so different. the money professional, we went on the deep end. We need to link up. We need to do some stuff together. We need to do some some speaking engagements in the community, all of us together, because we have like my story don't even compare to yours. 220K. And I was down 70 and I had a partner. You know what I mean? So when I was down 70 and locked in, it was two of us to knock out that 70. Mm -hmm. So, oh, my God, like I got to look in the mirror. I ain't working hard enough. You know how I bro, am. But 18, bro. 18, she knocked down 18? 220 on her own. Come on, can man. We, she, can we get can we get a round of applause, please? Can we, can we please can we please hear this? Bro, it moment? can be done, bro. Like this was 15,000, so, 20 down. Like I, I want to hear this it, testimony about when she lost her job and started her. So firm. yeah, that's so that's what I was about to say. So I know the story and I know <laughs> everything about the story on why you know uh you were disrespected. Yes. <laughs> but Shout out to the book. Right. Explain true. what happened because you lost your job and then let us know. Because I know. Yeah. I don't know if they know. 
Y'all so know? I was in um I was in public accounting, so I was making bands, y'all, in public accounting. Bands, 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 like three hundred k. Dance bands. Yes, bands, 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 bands. I'll yeah. make you dance for real. And I had freedom because I traveled. I traveled Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like when I would go on those trips, I only had to pay one way. So they, my job would pay for me to go. I just had to pay for me to get back or whatever. So they pay for hotels, everything. I basically would still get my crazy salary and never really ever spent my money. So I could just stack or whatever, right? But um, it got like really, really stressful. So then I also wanted to drop the book. So I dropped the book. And when I dropped the book, they was like, oh, you can't do that. So they felt like because they took care of me so well that they owned me, right? They was like, you can't drop a book. You should have asked us for permission. And I'm like, I understand conflict of interest, right? But I'm an accountant. I'm doing mergers and acquisitions. I'm doing ERP implementations. What does that have to do with making a budget? That has nothing to do with, like, on an individual level, making a budget, paying off debt, your savings plans, when I'm talking about retirement accounts and all that, that's no type of conflict of interest from me talking about a merger and acquisition. So they basically made, gave me a decision. And I was just like, I don't feel like it's a conflict. And they fired me. Literally was like, bye. And I was bye. like, okay. So, and then they fired me June, I remember this thing, it was June 17th, 2020. So I'm literally in the middle. About this time, everybody is shut down, right? So mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of the pandemic. Only thing I'm like, okay, we'll just do what we know how to do. And that's accounting, right? I could do accounting in my sleep. So I've already had an accounting firm since 2015, but I only did taxes. And that's what helped me pay down debt. I took my real salary and the money I got during tax season, and I would pay all my debt off. Um, so I already did taxes. So then I had to just like rebrand and let everybody know I'm doing everything now. I'm doing accounting. I'm doing bookkeeping. I'm doing tax prep. I'm doing all of this. The PPP loan came up. Nobody knew how to do the PPP loan. I made so much money just filling out PPP loan applications for people and then catching them up on their taxes to be able to file the PPP loan. So that's kind of like what kicked my business off. And then we went from the PPP loan and EIDL loan to all these other grants that people were having. And then, you know, the pandemic made some millionaires, especially anybody who was um, in e-commerce. So then they was like, well, I got this big tax bill. I'm like, nah, I can help you lower that. So then that's how my firm got into tax planning to where we will lower your tax bill the legal way. Everything mm-hmm. I tell you to do, I can back it up from the IRC code, right? So I was charging, I mean, that one tax bill, can, one tax planning client could be 25K, another one could be 50K, like another one could be 15K. So that was like what helped me build really fast. So mm-hmm. all that money I was making in public because I, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I wanted that soft life. Just work Monday through Friday. And yeah. that's it. Like running your business is full time. You the marketing, you everybody. So, um, but as I started to see how much money I can make, plus the people who I can help, because I started helping like a lot of black businesses, mm-hmm. I just stayed with it. So, so yeah, so. that's what happened. Yo, man, yo, you so hard. Like, yo, <laughs> hold on. Like, yo, you tough. Like, I mean, one, I mean, all right. Nice. <laughs> huh? Yo. Man, like, ain't uh, yo, I'm, yo. I graduated in April with a degree in finance. Can I get into this business? Please? Who the thing? Yes, I, I you took, can. I took an. I mean, I got a, I got a finance major and bachelor's, and I got a marketing and in, in, in management or something like that. Management oh, no, and marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got. Yeah, that's 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 really the question. I was just trying to tell myself. Are you hiring? <laughs> I didn't. I, do am I had like, I had a I had a B plus in accounting. 
So I, I can do it. <laughs> you okay. just showed me. I learned quick. I just got to train. But, you got you. So I learned quick. But That's the I want y'all to understand, if y'all listening, understand that when we talk about stepping out on faith. And you know what? Really, none of us right now can tell you we stepped out on faith on anything because we still in. Granted, we under a contract, so nobody's just gonna come in and fire us, which it works in our favor sometimes too. Yeah, they pay me a lot to do nothing. Um, but <laughs> somebody walked into her office and said, "You want to chase your dreams? We pay you too much for that. Put your dreams to the side and work for us." And we already know how hard it is to be a black person in America. Yeah, I love, a, I love a, a black a black woman in America. Come on, stop playing, yo. Yeah. And for you, Raven, to stand up to them, to the oppressor, I don't care if he paid you 200000 because you knew your worth. Yeah, right. yeah. He basically was saying, I'm paying you 100000 a year. Who do you think you are? Right. He said, I'm Raven Simone Simon. I'm going to do what I want to do. God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, like Grant, so, like, like, like Grant, Graham, you say all the time, bro, I ain't no fucking puppet. Right. Yeah, I no, and, and I want people to understand that a lot of times our community has got caught up in what's gangster and what's hard and that shit was thug and tough. No. Standing up to the man and telling you, you paying me six figures, something that everybody in my family probably never seen is people to my left and right probably never going to see. I'm able to pay my friend's rent, but I'm willing to walk away for that because you're trying to control me. Right. That's, that was that's gangster. Thing. That was never my thing. That's my mama. <laughs> you couldn't tell me no. I would do like this. Like, what you mean? Like, I so it's like patrolling me it was and then like i just want to go ahead and say i ain't trying to tell y'all to put y'all jobs and nothing like that because it's hard like literally 2020 <laughs> 2021 my business was doing great at the end of 2021 and all of this year i have literally been bankrupting my business and i bankrupted on purpose but i ain't thought it was gonna hit this hard <laughs> so fast because it was the same thing in corporate right when you get into and you building and you building you building you just take on anybody as a client and it was like at first i was like you got to make sure you could pay that invoice so then they came up to my level and was like i could pay the invoice but now it's like i need to make sure you could pay that invoice and you also got to come a certain way because with a small business owner they think you you work for them only for them right so it was just like a lot of mis alignment i'm gonna say they were great business owners but they just wasn't aligned to me that i had to let go and doing that and i was doing it fast because i was like if i didn't take this in corporate i'm not about to take this from in my own business because it's mine you know i can do you can't do what you want to do but i can do what i want to do so so i find everybody and literally i've been only working with clients that align with what i do so now we're back on the up and we're growing but listen this thing is hard you got to make sure you call to it and that's the, just have an attitude. And that's what we talk about in sales. I want to know. I, I know my friends may support me. Put out the book, The Art of Hustle. We're gonna talk about sales. I said this yesterday. We're gonna clip that from what I told them. In life, you're selling something. You gotta sell yeah. something. Life is all about selling shit. You selling a service or you selling a product. But before you sell the service or the product, you gotta sell yourself. Yeah. And, and if I sat in your office and I was a multi-millionaire, you told me your story. I want you to work on my damn taxes. And that's I am how a most of it goes. You, I don't ever tell them because they feel like you got a CPA, you know how to do taxes. They come in and like, I need to make sure I can work with you. Like, do I like you? Because I'm gonna be in your business. I'm gonna be like, where is this receipt? Why did you go buy that Tesla? You should have bought that Tesla in January. Why did you buy it in December? Now we can't even depreciate it all the time. You need to go take it back and rebuy it in January. Like, I'm gonna be in your business. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, oh my I god, Joe! I'm like, bring your wife in because she got to be on the team. 
like brain Yo, hands, all of that. Do y'all hear what she is saying? She deals with real wealthy people with wealthy people problems. Y'all don't hear all the time talking about who won't keep your kid and what don't matter. She's talking about she deal with people who have real money. Like their face is almost printed on the money they got so much of. It. Jesus. And, 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 and I think that's so imperative to understand that if you're not used to seeing money and understand money, how we look at it, I've never seen as much money as your scale. But I know from learning from people who have seen that much money, but you're actually helping and dealing with people. Yeah. And like when we talk about money, they literally have the tax plan, bro. Like a lot of y'all niggas think y'all got money. Y'all ain't never came to her office and said Nessie and talked about, Mm -hmm. hey, I got this tax bill because I made so much bread this year. Can you help me? Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like that's the level we want to be at. The level we want to be at is like you said, my taxes too. If, if, if one of us, and I probably say me right now, because I ain't, I mean, I'm all right, but I ain't like the people she deal with. She probably can do my joints in 10 minutes. She probably wow. take weeks she, she with can do my shit in 45 seconds. What <laughs> 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 the fuck? The quickest tax event ever. <laughs> she probably, she'll be like, I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna overcharge you, bro. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> But that was the thing, too. I haven't seen that money in my own personal self the way I see with the people who money I manage or the people who money I try to, like, help them get more money of it, right? So it's like, it was both for me. It was like, whoa, this is really, you can do this, right? Like, this, I met a 25, I think he's 25-year-old. He made this big tech company out in California. He sold it for billions of dollars, and he came to me. And he, we literally met in the airport. I was coming out from um, San Diego and we met in the airport and he has billions of dollars and we're trying to set up trust and all these structures. And I'm like, good God, it looks like a big old flow chart where we got two pieces of paper to just write out all these different entities. And I'm just like, I, I just got an LLC. <laughs> like, that's all yeah. that. <laughs> and that's like, that's real money problem. That's so, real money. That's the problems I want to have, yo. I yeah. want to, well, one, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, and y'all can mark my word. I ain't never went back on anything I said. I'm getting to that point, and we just talked about this team to where we got to do everything now before we get to that point. So we're gonna get there. Raven, you my tax professional. This shit gonna blow up. This and everything else I got going on, and hopefully, you know, me and my wife don't strangle each other with the business we're trying to run together. But I don't know. Um, we definitely gonna need somebody in the middle there. Yeah, I keep shit going on, bro. I, I need. I, I got bills, and I need money. And I don't want to, I'm not like, so when I was getting out of debt, I turned down my lifestyle to get out of debt. Right. You have to. I'm not turning down my lifestyle anymore. I'm just making more money. My brain doesn't know how to. I had <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's over. I, I had that conversation <laughs> with my therapist. Like when I said I was bankrupting my business, like I was literally like running out of money. I could see it. Like, and I'm a forecaster. So I'm looking at money from months and months. And then I'm like, that ain't gonna cover. Like, and I'm like, Brady, you running out. You got to do something, right? And I was still, somebody hit me up and like, you want to go to lunch? I'm like, yeah. I was like, you want to go to Cheesecake Factory? He was like, you want to go to Cheesecake Factory for lunch? I was like, yeah, they got this really good. And you know, we go to Cheesecake Factory, my bill come back is $65 and I do that on a daily. So it's like, when you just <laughs> add it up and then I had a photo shoot. The lady was like, I need you to get some new shoes. I said, ooh, YSL just dropped some new pumps. Let me go get them. They was $1,099. She was like, I was like, girl, you bankrupt. Why are you spending $1,099 mm-hmm. on some shoes? But it's like, my mind does not, my mind doesn't recognize that I'm broke anymore because I have created this lifestyle 
So it's like the point is now since I can't go back, I gotta just keep going up. So I was like, okay, we gotta do something else. So I started telling people, oh, I do due diligence. It's so many acquisitions going on in the tech realm. I got like three contracts this month for due diligence with acquisitions that just came guarding a good six figures over the next two to three years. So I'm like, we good. I can keep my lifestyle. Yeah. What is due diligence in that realm? I'm, I'm kind of. So due diligence with mergers and acquisitions is basically I'm on the acquisition side. So if you go to buy a business, right, I'm coming in to make sure everything that that business said, how they're presenting you with the uh, financials is actually true. So they say they got all this money in AR. They got all this money in inventory. I'm making sure that is a real number that I can tie back. So and I'm not looking at just one year. I'm looking back at two to three years, depending on how big it is. So I'm looking at contracts. I'm having interviews with like your executive team to figure out like, do you want to sell because you say you just want to spend time with family or do you want to sell because y'all about to go bankrupt? Yeah, because they, they books is fucked up and they trying to get yes. rid of it. Yeah. yeah, so when, when you go with selling stuff, people want to know why are you trying to sell, especially if you have a profitable business. Why would you sell a profitable business? So it makes, it gives you like that. What I'm red flag. You'd be like, hold yeah. up, man. Some shit don't, so, it ain't standing right. Stop what you're doing right now, man. Hit that like button, man. What's a comment? Let us know how we're doing. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Everybody that's listening, you know how I feel about Facebook. So what Raven just broke down, I'm going to break it down to the smallest denominator. She basically goes and get into these people's businesses. She <laughs> goes back in their business three years. To, and she's making six figures over the span of two to three years to ensure sure that that business is profitable so basically let's keep it in a, a very lamest term she's being hella nosy mm -hmm. to make sure she's getting paid so all you people on the internet people my family my friends all y'all on the internet doing all this research on shit that don't pay you that's why i'm talking that shit when i wake up in the morning yo i wake up in the morning like these motherfuckers because they're good they tried to solve they tried to solve Dolph murder bro <laughs> <laughs> they done solved Dolph murder. They solved Tupac murder. They went back to 96. Uh, like, so what I'm telling y'all is to change your hustle. You're on Facebook all day. You're worrying about Bishop Whitehead out of Brooklyn, why he got all this shit going and he had a million dollars worth of jewelry and got robbed. Man, they done said he done got scammed. They done told me about his whole history. I, I figured all this out taking the morning shit. 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. I found out Bishop Whitehead got some charges for scamming. He did some identity theft. That's how he got the Rolls Royces. Obviously, I mean, I'm a man of faith and I really lost faith sometimes in the church, not in the man, but in, not in the, the faith, but in the man, because mm -hmm. you see these clowns, you know, do look like a straight rapper, which is cool that that's what he's trying to do to get the youngins to come to church. But when I'm watching them, dude is just straight bragging. And you got to be moving pounds in Brooklyn to live like that and not be protected. So he was right. bound to get robbed. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a robber, the best place to rob him is at the church. <laughs> Have you seen his... No, have you seen his, like, go to his IG, bro. I looked at his IG because, you know, I was a little curious after watching Facebook giving me the rundown. Facebook gave me the raw report. And I was like, yo, let me check bro IG. And bro throwing, bro throwing Rolls Royce keys in the air. Like, bro, you you preaching the word? Because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I say all that to say, Raven does a professional job where she is in someone else's business, a profitable money-making business. Another profitable money-making business is paying her to ensure that they make money. Right, so right. while you're on Facebook playing 
shit that don't even matter because it doesn't matter. Even if bro got robbed, he's still rich. He had insurance on his chains. He, you know how the shit go. He's not. He's right. not gonna. Yeah. He probably did it himself. Right. Said it. You're up. still sitting at home. You're still sitting at home with your window fan, sweating in 110 degree weather in South Carolina, while my man is playing his other Bentley because he. All right, go ahead, Chris. What was your question? I'm sorry. But I just want y'all to understand that if we break it down to that science that you can still be nosy, but get paid to be nosy. But go ahead, Chris. Get paid to be nosy, right? <laughs> so uh, I just want you to explain um, to our listeners what um, exactly bankruptcy is and how does it work? Because uh, I know for a while, I didn't know what it Good was. question. I was, I was actually miseducated on it. And then explain to us business owners, if we get in this situation, what we need to do. Okay, so bankrupt. So let me say this part. When I say I bankrupt my business, I didn't literally bankrupt it. I just mean I fired all my clients. So I didn't have cash flow. So if I would have kept going like that, I would have eventually been bankrupt. But actually the wealth use bankrupt uh, on bankruptcy a lot, especially with college when they send their kids to college. But bankruptcy, you have two chapters. You have chapter 11 and chapter 13. So one is like a full bankruptcy and then one is like a half of a bankruptcy. So I think I want to say chapter 11, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to just say one, the full one and the half one. So when you do, when you file for like the half of bankruptcy, what you're going to do is you're going to basically get a person that you call a trustee. That's going to be um, like the middle person, the intermediary. So then they'll take all of your debt. So your house, your car, anybody else you owe, and they'll put it all in this one big bucket, right? And then they'll decide on what you can pay based off your job how much you bring in, what is the monthly amount that you can afford to pay all these things. So instead of paying your car payment, um, separate in your house payment and then those others and your credit cards, you pay one payment to the court and then this intermediary will go and they DB it out. So what this, what happens when you normally do this, if your house payment was 1500, you may only be paying 1300. And then it also goes to when you get into these different um, contracts, these different things. So when you sign um, the note for your house, they have what you call different levels of um, security. So if you have like a level one security, that means I get paid before anybody else get paid. That's most of the time what your house is under. Your car is sometimes a level two security, meaning after you pay all your level one security, then you pay me. So by the time if you have a level two, three, four, by the time everything from level one is paid, it just trickles down to pay everybody. Like paying the, Yeah. So you um, basically, but you don't always pay the full amount. They decide on what the amount that you can pay. So after you pay all that off, uh, for most people, it's seven to 10 years, then you're cleared. You can go get more credit and everything like it never happened. Then you have what is called the full bankruptcy. And they basically, this is where you have to liquidate everything. So you, if you got a house, you can't stay in a house. If you got a car, you don't keep that car. They basically can take all of your assets, your cash, your retirement accounts, your pensions, everything, and they liquidate it. And then they pay all of your people off with that money in that same order, level one go first, then level two. And then after they pay it off, you you don't get anything back. So if, even if they have anything left over, which most of the time they don't, then and then now you just start from scratch. So when I tell people, if you have to file bankruptcy, do the half of bankruptcy, which again, I think that's a level of um, bankruptcy chapter 11, but I'm not completely sure. But it's where they basically, they, you keep your assets, they just pay your bills for you. And when you do the full bankruptcy, it's kind of hard to come back off of that. Okay. And at what point, like, do you feel like, at what point do people, are are they back against the wall where they might need to consider bankruptcy? Like, what point is that? If you, like, when, if you literally have talked 
to all these people and you can't afford to pay them, then you need to probably look into doing a, um, the bankruptcy. What you don't want to do is you want to do it before you get repossessed. You want to do it before you get foreclosed on. Once you get foreclosed and repossessed, there's nothing you can do. They're just going to take it from you. So it's best to do it if you know you're about to lose your house. Try to do bankruptcy. File for bankruptcy. If you're about right. to lose your car, and if it's like a you know a good car, <laughs> some cars you just gotta <laughs> let them go and get them back. <laughs> but you don't want like a cor a 1960 Corvette to go, you know, something like that. So um, that's the best time to do it. But it's like literally the last option to do it. Now, here's how the wealthy use bankruptcy to pay for their kids' college. What they do Listen. is they'll send their kids to college. They'll take out, um, they'll pay for their kids' college on a credit card, right? Because, you know, the wealthy, we, we don't have limits. They don't have limits, right? Hey, hold so up. You heard you said? She said, we don't have Look, limits. I'm trying to get there. We, to get we. There. yeah, no, you got to speak okay. that shit, sis. Yeah, we don't, hey, don't have. Hey, I hey, hey, hey no, hustle hey, smart. I got, got a credit card with no limit. Quit playing. Hold on. on. I got a few with no limits on the personal. Let's limit. go. Let's go. But hold on. Before you go any further, Raymond, hold that thought. Mr. Chris, I want you to li listen because she's telling you some shit I told you the other day, but we're not going to go oh, there. Let, let's see if this is true. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. All right. So you put it, you, they pay for their kids' years of college on a credit card. So what happens is they get the kids to get the credit cards. The parents do not get the credit cards. The kids get the credit cards still because they got all these assets, no limits, right? Pay for their four years of college, graduate, the kid filed bankruptcy. Because they come from a family with money, they don't care. They can still go get their house. They can still go get their cars. They can still live, right? But now they just got their whole degree for free. Mm. So they wait seven years, let the bankruptcy fall off, whatever they got to do. And then now they have credit, but the wealthy don't use credit because they have cash. They have assets, right? So if you have... You know, everybody rushed to buy a home. And I always tell people, it's good to buy a home, especially if you're married and you have kids. I don't have a home. I have vacation homes and I have investment homes, but I don't own my own home simply because my home is not an asset. People love to say that it is, but it's what? not. What'd you say? Hey. Hey, hey, say that one more time, bro. Assets bring you money. I know like this motherfucker asset, right now. It's a motherfucking liability. This ain't an asset right now. It could be an asset. It has what? potential what? to be an asset. This house is what you know, else? This house that we in right now, it's not a it's not an asset. Listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. Listen, it's not right, an it's, asset currently. Why? Because it's taking money from you. It eventually, when you sell it, it will bring money to you. Is it bring you money right now? No. Is it taking money from you? Yes. But it's a liability it right now. No, it's not. It's built. It's an it asset. It will nigga, become an asset. No, bro. Every asset bro. don't bring you money. So when I say the home is not an asset, and most people, the way they structure it, is not. So what people do, they'll go get a home, they'll stay in it for five years, and then they'll sell it and say, oh, I built equity. But did you bid, did you add up the interest you paid over those homes? Most of the time when people say, I've... Um, I've made some money. They take off what the principal was. They completely ignore interest and they completely ignore the time value of money, right? So 150K, y'all can see this now, 150K in 2020 ain't 150K in 2022. That's the time value of money, right? So when they, when they go and say, oh, they have, especially black people, oh, I'm buying a house, I'm buying equity. It's like, are you though? You could be, but are you? Most of the time, you're probably not because of the time value of money and the interest that you paid. So you go get a house for 150, you sell it for 200, you feel like you made 50K. How much interest has you, have you paid to that point?
to actually say that, okay, I really got 50K. 50K. You may still have made a profit, but it may be 10K. And was all that worth it to make 10K? All right, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's that. And then once you add in the time value of money for that 10K, you may really only make 8,000. You just made five years of payments to make 8,000. It's like we're hustling backwards in that case, right? So when I say assets, I'm talking about assets that you do not live in, assets that are not in your own name. So an investment property is not, it maybe or may not be in your own name. And you know, if you have, when I, the way I built my real estate portfolio and the way that I'm rebuilding it, I keep telling my family, I only need two properties. I got to put that 20% down for that first property. I got to put the 20% 20 down for that second property. To get that third property, I ain't no more money going down. The fourth, fifth, and sixth, because now I got assets to tell them, if I don't pay you, just take my other two properties. You see what I'm saying? So you just have to make enough money to get the first one to two properties. If you hit a lick and get the real good first property, you don't even need that second property. I mean, you don't need to have to put money down for that second one, but I go, I do duplexes. So they're not that much money. So I need one or two duplexes before I can say, I want a third duplex, but I'm not putting 20% down. So it's, it's that sort of thing. When you stated the one point, and, and so Raven, I, I want everybody to listen to, Obviously, don't even listen to me. Fucking listen to her. But when I sold my first house, I bought it for 135 after interest rates and all the numbers. I think it closed out at 138. When I went to sell it in two years, because I had to move. Now, you know, our life is different with the military. Right. The most I could get for it was 135. Right. So that's when I had my eye opener when it came to the interest rate. Because, motherfucker, I still owe 132. <laughs> Y'all telling me, like, I mean, <laughs> right. So that was just me, you know, just digging in. Like, if I would have, if I would have paid a realtor, I had to pay them five grand and sell my house. So I went and scraped North Lawrence trap mode. I'm out there <laughs> slinging. I'm slinging the house like it. You know what I mean? Yo, for I got a crib to sell. You hear me? I got a crib. I don't went to Google, paid the one fifty for the whole packet. I done filled out the whole packet, and I'm telling my old lady like, look, I got a show in the day. I was a realtor for a week, like, cause I had no way I could pay you five thousand dollars to sell my house at that time. I might not even had a thousand dollars to my name. You know what I mean? I was just an average Joe Schmo living check to check and me buying that house made my monthly rent cheaper than what it would have been. I would have paid $1,500. I was paying only eight. So that at least gave me a two, $300 cushion. So in the military, we got a different little realm of now granted in the breath that you're talking about, I, I won't even say if I never went to the military because that's like a saying I'm the tallest midget. Um, like, <laughs> because I don't even know if I would be here mentally if it wasn't mm -hmm. for the military, like me right. actually leaving me leaving North Florence and meeting people who've actually done shit in their life other than drove up and down Oakland Avenue on 26s with rims beam. I love that shit too. But me actually meeting people who were at 19, 20, like you said, the wealthy, the 20 year old cat who my family owns all this stuff. I just joined just because I was tired of yelling at me. I'm like, nigga, what? Like, we, we love some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but military wise, we have a different mindset. But Colin, you were right because I looked at something the other day when it was like a mortgage is still a liability to an extent. Now, granted, as I stated in that episode where you was yelling at me disrespectfully and really getting upset with me. You, bro. You yelling at me. <laughs> as, I, as I stated in that episode, though, and, and I'm sure, Raven, you can agree to disagree. Hopefully you can help with this argument. The timing of the fall of the world and everything at that time, it don't matter if it was a primary residence, secondary residence, or the 8,000 residence. That was a gold rush. That was our gold rush of our generation. Mm -hmm. And I said this, I said it out loud today. My mortgage dropped this year because Delaware taxes dropped. Mm -hmm. 
So what I'm paying for this motherfuckers is not even even sniffing the boots because of the the market. Right, right. So this will be that, like you said, this one will be that one. Like, damn, you got this property, and I'm like, I'm paying the cheap just because of the thank you to the pandemic, or not thank you. I don't like the pandemic. I don't like COVID, but I did like the interest rate that I got this joint at. Right. Because now it is an investment from the time I came in just because of the interest rate. I'm not paying right. what I should pay for this house. I'm paying right. $300 more than my last house. My last house was cool, but it wasn't this. So timing is everything too. Yeah, timing but is definitely everything. What you're saying is definitely, um, what you're saying is rational. And what you're saying is uh, you can be applied to any time, whether it's the gold rush of our COVID, whether it's 2030 and everything is normal. What you said will make a lot of sense. Let my first property be fire. Let that let me put the let me let me let me lock in for two properties, put them 20% down or the 3% FHA. You know how they got the little stipulations. We know the game. And you bought duplexes. Oh Lord, I don't know if anybody caught that, but I caught that when she said she bought duplexes only. Hey yo, I heard that part there. Now my two properties, when I go to the bank, and this is what we talk about eliminating risk and reward. You know, I'm a Libra, so I put everything on the scale. Now when we go get that third property, I'm not putting none of my liquid cash down. You can take my two nice. properties. And if my third property fell, well, guess what? I lost some extra income. I'm already making 300000 from Simon Accounting Services. Stop playing. Come on, man. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. You know how to put all that together that fast just from listening to her like, yo, yep. now yep. she's eliminating all of her risk and she still got that 50000 that she would have had to put down. So when they take her three properties, she's going to be a little upset, another one. She go, she got the cash still because she don't got it tied up in the third property. Right. Y'all gotta understand right. the game. This shit, I'm about to charge y'all for this shit, man. <laughs> Come on. Yo, y'all ain't y'all. I put all that together in three minutes, yo. She literally said, my first and second one is the two that I need. Now, when I go talk to the man for my third one, I'm gonna show him the assets that I do have so that he can use that for the collateral so I don't have to put the down payment down. So I'm walking right into a cash flowing experience because I didn't have to put 20000 down to even get into the key. Exactly. So now that I'm getting twelve hundred a month, but if that shit fail and I don't want to pay for it, you can take all three of them shits because I already made five hundred off of them. Come on, stop playing, y'all. I'm getting up. Right, right. But y'all don't. That's hard right, to be, yo. Yeah, that's fire. A one. What, what was your next question, Chris? I'm sorry, that was so hard. I had to break it down because over here I'm like this, like, oh my gosh, she's making so much sense, and I just, I just have to stress the fact that you're not a uh, Instagram person that's not reachable, somebody who's got 300,000 followers who don't really got no fucking money, or somebody who's going to charge you $800 a month because they see you with all this shit on. Like, yo, <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Let me stop, man. I'm in my feelings. You, you, you sure you're done? <laughs> so, for the average Joe Smoke, they can't do what Graham did, obviously, and put it all together in three minutes, right? So mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you, how did you build your real estate portfolio? You know, just take it from the beginning and put it in perspective for every type of listener we got. We got some gotcha. who are in tune with finances. We got some who are not. So like, you know what I'm saying? We just want to, we just want to know. So the very first thing I tell anybody starting off, team up, team up. If I didn't have my mentors to help me, I wouldn't have grown as fast. If I was trying to do this by myself. I wouldn't, I do it by myself now, but when I first started, it was four of us. So what happened at Clemson, we had some people come in to talk about finance and it was just um, like job shadowing or whatever. I looked them up before I went to the um, the thing and found out that they was real estate investors. So I was like, okay, I've been looking at this, but I was I couldn't figure out how to get into it. 
I'm at Clemson. I ain't got no money. And so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to come up with this 20%. So I had already was looking at this little duplex that I was wanted to, um, the checkout in Anderson. So I did all the numbers, um, the CapEx, all of that, did all that. So when I talked to them, I was like, hey, I have this property. Can y'all go in it with me? And da, 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 da. And I just showed them all the work I was doing. And they just looked at each other like, did she really just come up to us like that? So I thought they thought I was crazy. So I left, gave them my car, I did my little pitch, and I left. They called me like two or three days later, told me to come down to Greenville and like, let's sit down and talk about it. Long story short, we went into this property, right? Because I was like, I don't do all the research. It's no cash flow from day one. I just don't have the income to do that 20%. Make their job easy. Yeah. So then they was like, okay. So we had to put the um we had to put twenty thousand dollars down. It was only like um a hundred thousand dollars house. So we had to put twenty thousand dollars down. Like I said, it was gonna be four of us. It was three of them and one of me. So we created our own um entity, right? They was like, make sure you get your own lawyers, because we got our own lawyers, like we're a team, but everybody need their own lawyers. So we um I had to pay for my lawyer, and actually one of them actually paid for the lawyer for me, but I chose my lawyer. So $20,000, if we would have all came to the table with money, that means we all had to put down $5,000. I didn't put down $5,000. So they made me do what they call sweat equity. So meaning once we closed the property, we had to go find another property, right, to cover that property. So I had to, I was in charge of finding another property, make sure any cash flow, presented it to them, all of that. I didn't get any money out of that first one until I one had to pay back the 5,000 I was supposed to put in plus all the repairs, right? Because doing a duplex, you will have to do some repairs to make it uh, work. So after all of that money, I basically came out with 20,000 that I had to pay back to them before I could get anything out of it. But we kept buying more houses. And that's how we basically did it. Being that they was in the game for so long, they never had to put a lot of money down uh, because they, they had the assets. So they taught me that. So then they taught me how like I was just saying, you buy one, when you buy an investment property, you can't do the FHAs and all those other types of loan programs because you're not living in it. And it's for investment purpose. So you have to put 20% down and then you have to make sure you can cash flow it. Um, getting an investment of profit approved that can cash flow is way easier than not getting approved, which is why I do duplexes because people don't move out of duplexes for the most part. So I can come up to you with a duplex and be like, hey, these people already stay here. They've been staying here for the past five years. They have no intentions of moving out. So the day one I take over, I'm still getting rent from the old owner, right? So but most banks are like, good, bank. So I'll do my 20% down for that first duplex. Then I'll go look for another duplex or a triplex. And I'll um, have to put another 20% down on whatever the purchase price is. And then all the closing costs and all of that. Another thing they taught me to do, go get your real estate license. You get your real estate license, you no longer have to pay a realtor. But it's only if that's what you want to do. So instead of um, having all these other closing fees and all that, you don't have to close on that anymore. If you can't, like, you need to go do one of those things. Get to be a realtor or go be a lawyer to where you can do your own closing. You don't need nobody to close for you. So to cut out the middleman. So out of the four of us, it was a realtor on the team and he was a broker. So he was all like, he wasn't just the agent. He was also the broker and we had an attorney. So all of our money stayed in house. We could do our own closings and we could do our own, um, we could do our own real estate fees and agent fees and all that. So that decreased a lot of the money that we had to pay. That's why it's good to team up because you can't be a real estate agent and a broker and a lawyer. Like when you go make the money and you in school all the time. So What's team up, up team, what y'all trying to do? <laughs> Team up with people who have those things. And then after that, we just kept watch, rinse, and repeat. After, and that's why I say once you get your first two, you're good. 
next, your collateral on those next loans is just those other properties and they're cash flowing, right? They're not just, oh, I'm waiting to um, do like the renovations to get a person in there. They're already cash flowing. So, and we just kept doing that until we just built this huge portfolio. And then we got into commercial properties. Like the thing that I never thought I would buy, I bought a freaking parking lot. I bought a parking lot. And I was like, what I need with a parking lot? It was a piece of land, literally, and they mm. was going to build a parking lot. What I did not know, so if you get into it with the contractors in your city, wherever you are too, and see what's coming and what's being built, being that when I first started my firm, I was with construction companies, I always knew what was coming. So we literally bought this land beside this, what was about to be this big strip mall in Phoenix, Arizona. We bought this land. Land was $15,000. We built a parking lot, like what you build, what you park, you pull in and you pay. It's not even a multi-level. It was just a big behind parking lot. That thing cash flow so much money a month. And it's no maintenance. It's a parking lot. <laughs> you know, we may have to go every so often and repave it, but it's no maintenance. Um, and we have to pay the person who um, sits there to take it. But even in some of our other parking garages, we put the automatic ones to where you have a gate handle. So it's nobody manning it. You basically got to pay and you drive in, you park and we get money. So I, it's like all of that kind of stuff. It's a yeah. simple thing. Graham, why she ain't been on the show? <laughs> what are you doing? I think the, the real question is, why I don't work for her? What, yeah, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> he says sweat equity. And, and I think, man, you said sweat equity. So I make a lot of statements that when I was in my come up, and I still I haven't even, I ain't even sniffed the success and the and the, the accomplishments you have, but I went to every meeting with the people with the money telling them that I would do all the work. I just don't think they believed in me. Um and when they didn't believe in me, that's cool. That just likes that fire for me to prove them wrong. But now I gotta find the money and my fire. And by the time I find the money, well, now I shit, I ain't about to do all that work. I got the money now, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> but man, like, oh my God, he bought so, a parking So lot. you got, and like, yeah, go ahead, bro. I'm, your, I'm, I'm, a, I'm done. Hey, listen, for those who don't really believe that parking lot is a bag, bro, come to DC, bro. I'm going to take you downtown and I'm going to show you. Because the moment I got here, I said, damn, all I need is a parking lot. But, Chris, this is how crazy we could do it, though. We own the parking lot and we own the tow truck and the land we towing the cars to. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do nothing else. Yeah. But she made a good point when she said pick a team, and I I was thinking like how important the team is, and I want to tell everybody because I say this all the time. I've always been the LeBron of most situations, you know, just speaking loud. But for Raven to come into a situation where she was just basically the do girl, right? Yeah. She was the do girl. Uh, we're going to see, she's got to prove herself, but she proved herself. And, and that's where I'm sure at that time she might've already been doing it. Cause if she's even in those meetings, she's probably already doing those tax bills. She was talking about for them six figures, but that's that hunger. Can you, can you flip the switch? Can and I say this shit all the time and I love hearing it when somebody else. What's the animal too. that um, changed a chameleon? Is it a chameleon? Mm-hmm. Well, it changes yeah. the spot. Yeah, can you be a chameleon? You yeah. you know in your realm in, in accounting you LeBron but when we got to real estate you you Delonte West yeah I and, and that's Delonte the thing West is. yes the thing he's that's a J now story for another day um <laughs> he was very he was good but he was a supporting cast yeah mm -hmm. I'm just saying a role player yeah 
and that's the thing. And with chameleons, I like the word chameleon. Shout out to my well, he, I mean, he's not, he not with us anymore. But my boy uh, Rat, he was very big on the chameleon. He said, "Yo, Graham, you gonna win at recruiting because you're a chameleon." I'm like, "What the fuck is? What are you talking about?" He's like, "Cause you can walk right in the hood and talk to them niggas like you're not in the Air Force." And I'm like, "You got a point." I didn't see it, but he's seen it. That's why he rocked with me. That's why he joined. Uh, and then he's like, "But then you go out there with because he did rap duty when I did, you know, in the country, I have a cowboy boots on, and I was chilling." He's like, "You know how to adapt to win." Right. But you know, he said chameleon, me being not, you know, really fine. I'm, I'm a lion. I'm dirty. You know what I'm <laughs> Bro. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? That I'm from so North Florence, man. Nigga, you trying to belittle me, nigga? You trying to call himself? You call me a chameleon, nigga? I'm a lion, nigga. <laughs> you the hyenas. <laughs> King of the jungle, nigga. <laughs> But yo, that is so. Um, what else y'all got? I, keep going because I'm gonna go on the rant. Y'all keep I just, going. I just want to know for um, like, can you just give us an estimate number of how many properties you got? So when um, I had I worked out with them, I had ten properties with them. So ten duplexes. So ten duplexes was really forty units because each you know is two, and then sometimes it's two in the front, two in the back. So we had forty units. So when I was twenty seven, I went to Barcelona. <laughs> And I came back from Barcelona and then I had, I got my gift in the mail from them and it was these. And it was these to 17 of their properties. So they gave me 17 properties and they was like on your 27th birthday, here's 27 properties. So I had 27 properties and that's what like pushed me into like the millionaire status. So 27 properties was like a hundred and something units. It wasn't just 27 units. So when I started my business, like I said, I had to start from nothing. I sold my portfolio. So now I'm smooth. Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm not cutting her off, y'all. I just want to make sure we all. Were you cutting her off if you talking while she was talking? Hey, I, <laughs> I just want to keep track because I don't want to get lost. I get what you're saying. Because I'm, I'm trying to timestamp everything for, for everybody, bro. Because y'all got to understand, like, I want the timestamp so... This was this was obviously after the two twenty debt. Yeah, this was but after you the still with but the no. This was middle in it. This was all kind of in there. Okay, but I had on paid it off at this point. I think. Okay, so I'm just trying to timestamp for everybody because we got to keep this a story, right? So we got the two twenty debt, right? Then where was the book at at this point? Because I'm the trying to make everything. Twenty twenty. So the book is after this. I did the book at thirty. Okay. Yeah. So when you say you started the business. You had this portfolio. You sold the portfolio to start the firm. Yes, to start fast to get working capital. Okay, it was when I was full time. So you, full time. you did you quit the job already or not? I got fired from the job in twenty. Okay, okay, so, fired yeah. from the so, job. And this one, you said I'm gonna take the risk on my. I'm gonna take the risk on my. See, this is context for y'all. So you sold the portfolio to start the business after you got yes. fired. Yeah. Cool. So I had the. I got the biggest. I've been doing the portfolio since I was a sophomore in Clemson. So what, I was 18, I think, 18, 19. So I did it from 18, 19, all the way up to age 30. And that's when I had just kept building from there. So once they gave me the 27 properties, I was just buying everything. That's when I got into the parking garages. That's when I got into commercial because I had so many assets at this point. I didn't have to put money down for nothing. I would come in and just sign and go about my business. Um, So at the age of 30, that's when I sold everything to just get working capital for SAS in this accounting firm so that's why i was like this accounting firm go have to work because i don't put all my money out of my portfolio to make it so now that SAS is kind of leveling out i'm building back again 
Wow. So that's, that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. So that's why I agree when Graham said 2020 was the time. Yes. Like, cause I've been looking at stuff now and I'm like, God, these interest rates. If you could have got in 2020 and just brought up everything, even 2021 and brought up everything, you would have been good right now. Now I'm going to put so much more money to build it. I'm going to still build it. Because the thing is, I'm the government employer, employee. So that's why I do duplexes. Because duplexes is always Section 8. The government pays me. I don't ever, that's why I don't have a property management company. So I don't have to worry about nobody going and knocking your door and pay your rent. The government pays my rent, pays the rent for them. So they, you know, they may have to pay $8 a month, $22 a month, whatever. But the, for the most part, the government pays their rent. I always have the old man that's at the property be like the super. So if something breaks, if there's a leak or something, he'll fix it. If it's something big, I have contracts with other people who can come in and fix it for me. So my properties are in like Arizona, Tennessee. It's nowhere near where I live mm. because I don't have to be there. They pretty much run themselves. Now, what I want to do big time, I want to own my own apartment. I want to own uh, like luxury apartments as well as a bank and as well as hotels. So I want to screen the hotels. So once I get to there, I will definitely probably have a property manager. But right now I don't even have a property manager. I just get my check from the government and go on about my business. And then that comes with tax cuts and everything else. So I, you know what? I, I'm at, I'm tired of breaking shit down for me, man. Listen, cause I've already wrote my notes. I see Chris bore his head down. I see his pen moving. They don't even know. Property manager normally six to eight percent. If you got a real good one, they're gonna hit you for ten percent. She yeah. said, "I don't have a property manager because the government gonna pay me anyway." Come on, so when she get the voucher for the section eight, the government gonna pay her anyway, and they gonna fix anything that people broke. So why have a property manager? No. She's giving so much game. You know what? Make this a real. If you ain't listen to this motherfucker, man, that's your bad. That's <laughs> your fault, bro. That's a, hey, that's right there. I ain't, I ain't promoting shit. Y'all better tell me. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen, as soon as I looked up, right, listen, I'm over here to my pad. You know, I got my big calendar beside me. So I'm like, yo, I got crazy notes over here. And I looked up and I seen Chris head down and he was like this. And I was like, yeah, he on the same joint. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've already got the notes. Like I said, I'm formulating everything. She said, man, this is crazy. So now I, I just feel like, I don't even know. Like, I feel so. I feel lost. I feel like, for, <laughs> I don't feel lost. But for me, I, I, I want to tell you, and I don't know if it's the right time, but it might be anyway, because I'm just going to say what's on my heart. I'm an emotional guy. One love. Y'all mind. Um, <laughs> for you to have me and as a representation of our team as your first guest on your live, that means a lot to me now getting the chance to interview you and hear your play. I had no, I was on a, man, I was on a crazy stage. <laughs> and didn't even know it. I just put my collar shirt on and took a couple shots and looked at it calm down. <laughs> Not the collar shirt. You in that collar shirt. Yo, like, I mean, yo, you got to, oh, man, yo, thank you, like, because that's great. You know, at that point, especially now I'm hungry, so ain't too many stages I'm going to say no to if I even think they have or they on the same line. I had mm-hmm. no clue, yo, like, this is, this is insane. And Chris, this is why you understand now, hopefully you understand when we talk about some of these cats that we don't know, I don't give a fuck about them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about none of them niggas. I mean, I like them. They, they they talk good stuff sometimes. It's about two or three who I really think that's really about that life. But all that viral shit, I know Raven Simone Simon who just told us 
at 27. Yeah. She had Wait, 27 properties. I, mean, I think that you, time, though, like, I'm 24. I don't know no, I don't, obviously, I don't know nobody of this stature, personally, bro. So, nigga, you know me. You know me. Nigga. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but the whole I, thing, too. I can I put I something in context real quick, too? Go ahead. Go I just want to put something in context. This is for everybody else that's listening. Hopefully, you watch YouTube. If you're not, I can tell you. This is the money professional. This is I was just about to say that. I don't even have a thousand followers. <laughs> 611 followers, 230 posts. This is a GOAT. We're talking about somebody you can learn something from, somebody who I always humble myself when I bring somebody to the show because if I brought them to the show, I respect it and admire everything they do. But I wrote, I got a whole bunch of notes on my calendar. I can't even write what I got to do on that day anymore <laughs> because I've been writing notes the entire time. 611 followers stop getting fooled by the 100k following the 200k following that shit don't matter because there's people who's really rich who not internet popping yo they and sometimes I, and, and chris yeah go ahead go ahead it's your time i'm, I'm oh up. but what? i was like i had to learn that too because like even my accounting page i think it got 460 or something and i kept promoting on Instagram and Facebook. My people were not on Instagram and Facebook. It was all about connection. It was literally about who I knew and who they knew. So it's like when I had someone introduce me to a really um, guy who was like taking over Cincinnati real estate, um, he introduced me to his everybody. He basically, that one client basically fuels my whole business. So, it, and they're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. Like, they may scroll or whatever, but they have pages where you don't even know who they are. You don't know who they are. They don't have thousands of followers, none of that. And it's not like a dig at the people who has it, but most of the people who has those thousands of followers, that's their money line. My money line is not Instagram. So, when Instagram is Thanks. down, when Facebook is down, I don't care. Thanks. Thanks. Bro. Yo, that's Thanks. so crazy. It was crazy. We from, like, so when we all linked up, we was in Dayton, so we know about Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> but I think at first and, and before Colin jumped back in, me and Chris used to get down on ourselves, like, man, we ain't doing something right. We ain't getting that following. We ain't getting them shares. Yeah, that's and, your, and that's now in the beginning, bro, I used to fuck with me, bro. And, and it, it, I think it, it rocked with Chris harder. You know, I'm from the old school. We still see these out the trunk, so it rocked with Chris harder. To me, I'm just like, it's just life, bro. If we go out there and put some bullshit out, it's gonna rock. But me saying that and then actually him, him actually feeling that, like. Damn, bro, nobody is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 611 followers with a real, with a real bag. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, you know, a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all slip past that. Like, you know, Instagram pays you, YouTube right. pays you, these discords pay people. Like, and I could just relate this to people who, who, who with the stock market, like you got traders out here who really ain't really good traders. They had a good a good year and they eat off the money in the Discord is they real money. It's like false profits. Yeah, like a false profit. Well, like, I'm not mad at anybody to think about being a hustler. And, you just a hustler like, it ain't no knock Ray, 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 hustle. It's the context behind it. Nah, it's not because the hustle is that. So this is why in the book, The Art of Hustle, that's coming out soon. Hustlers get a negative connotation because of you have these fly by night hustlers who do things as Chris was saying. So sometimes you have opportunity. And you have opportunists. So some of the hustlers and, and con men are opportunists. Um, they take advantage of a situation. As you've seen, there are millionaires right now who ran it up and look like the best stock market dude ever because of the pandemic. They look like the best real estate ever 
uh, real estate investor ever because of the pandemic. If, if I wasn't in the process of moving and I was in a different situation with my knowledge, I could have had a couple portfolios in my real estate and pro pro properties. I still wouldn't have sold no class on it because I want to tell you the right way to do it. I'm going to tell you the shit. I jumped in this in 2021. If you wait to 2023, it's going to change because you're going to forecast that, right? So I'm not knocking anyone's hustle. I'm knocking the person who is not doing the due diligence because I know right. somebody who do due diligence. You know what I'm saying? I'm knocking them for not being smart. I am not talking to a tax professional if it's not Simon Accounting Services. When we had the truck shit just start, I don't know if I told y'all, I had no clue nothing about taxes. I thought I was smart enough to go figure that out. Guess what I said? Hey, sis, can you help me? Can I get that call? <laughs> And you know me, I keep a G. I don't know, like, if we're going to rock, I don't know, even know. I don't even know where to start, but this way we had the company and make no money, so we shouldn't have no tax problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. But I had to call a professional, and I called a professional that I knew personally. And that's the goal of having that network. We need to build, we need to talk about this. We need to build how, how the circle of CEOs, the uh, trucking cat, the mother cats who do the event space and the, the working out, we need to do that. Cause we got we got it here. We got it here. Everybody I, that came to we, the I'm show. I'm ready for a live event, bro. Nick, man, yeah, I got me fucked up. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I didn't got you fucked up. He ready. <laughs> I'm just hyped, bro. She got me hyped, bro. Right? Because we need to. Because imagine us having an event and we have a guest speaker. You could think about it, and I want y'all to attest to this. Everybody we really truly brought on here with this session of the Stock Whisper have all been black females who have been killing it. And I, I hate that the media and I hate that these po-ass, sorry-ass niggas and women mm -hmm. who ain't got their shit going on say that, no, Black women ain't struggling. Black women are the goddesses. Like, they doing it. Raven is killing all this shit. No Negro attached. Listen, and, listen, <laughs> you know and want one. And that's the thing. And want one. Half of these nah, women, but, but listen, they don't want them. I want now, one. Now, Raven. Boy, look at here. They're gonna have to bring five. <laughs> they gonna have to bring five tables to match your no, table. No, <laughs> not even like that. Cause that's the thing. I build. I build tables. Long as they got their security in their manhood. Cause I can't raise no little boys. So long as they secure in their manhood, it's like you can bring a dollar to my twenty. We go have twenty one together. Mm. It's not gonna oh be like God. I got, you got a dollar and you got and I got twenty. And then I'm gonna turn that twenty one. It's a 40, it's a 80, it's a 120. And okay. then I'm going to teach you how to do it. So it's like, long as, what I get is a lot of men who's like, I don't want my girl teaching me. Why? And it's like, suck so so the, no, the thing is that, is that, so listen, men, I'm going to break it down Graham, for you one Graham, more time. Before, before you go off, how you broke and you got pride? No, that's the, no, no, ain't no how you broke and you got pride. That's the problem. Everybody broke and they got pride. <laughs> Everybody broke and they got pride. The thing is, is that she is telling you men that are listening, and if you're listening on audio, go to YouTube, get your free look on the video. <laughs> you know what I'm look, let me get my good look. That's my good look. If she don't play, and when I was on the green scene, she had the super, super background drop. You know what I mean? She's a professional, but she's telling you, be a man. And being a man comes with humility. You know how hard it was to tell my wife that, baby, we fucked up. We got to figure this shit out. I can't go do that shit I used to do. We're going to get back to there, but you got to figure this shit out. We got to figure it out. She's telling you, I've already figured it out. Come to the table, shut the fuck up, listen and learn, but still be a man when the door closes because exactly. a woman is going to submit to a man's man. We don't want to get in that Period. situation. Period. We don't want to even talk about that. <laughs> if you a man's man, whether you got a dollar or a thousand, we know if you a man's man's or not. Money don't make a man. 
man made money. He does not. Come exactly. on, stop fucking playing with me, man. I don't got damn exactly. knowledge of that. Exactly. <laughs> she's telling you to come to the table with $1 bill, and if she has 20, she's going to turn it into 40, but she's going to show you how to turn it into 40. That way you can take that 40 instead of turning it into 80. You can turn it into 120. Oh, my God. Come on, man. Exponential growth. <laughs> Exponential growth. And it's going to grow expeditiously because you've already did all the sweat equity. You already learned the game. Y'all ain't got to go to no course. That's why I was okay selling my portfolio. I was like, if I did it one time, I could do it again. Like making a million in real estate took me three, what, three or four or five years. And it took someone giving me 17 of that, right? I could do a million now, probably in a year or two. I just need a year, a good year or two. And I can do it and I don't have, I don't need someone to help me do it this time. If I have someone, I could probably do it in six or seven months. So it's just like. I'm finna get my broker uh, license next year. I'm ready. Listen, so to be a real, you got to be a real estate agent. Then you got to be there for five years. Then you could be a broker. 